Well, officially, good morning. My name is Julie, and I'm one of the pastors here at Faith. It is good to be together this morning. Amen? And I love to see the sun coming through. We were supposed to have rain today. So God is good. I'm so grateful for the, uh, for the rain, but also the sun. So we are, are continuing our Brave uh, Sermon Series, and today uh, my message is entitled Hope in the Midst of Today's Chaos. And I don't know about you, but I feel like that we need a lot of hope, uh, and we have a lot of hope uh, in the, in with what's going on in the world today. So I want to take just a few moments to uh, settle ourselves to enter into uh, the Lord's presence this morning, to be able to hear from him uh, this morning, not only as we have been throughout the prayers and these beautiful hymns, but also through his word this morning. So we're going to take a moment, and uh, I want you just to inhale. I want to inhale, and then we're going to exhale. I want you to hear these words, and then I want you to repeat after me. This is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. 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 Uh, I, I want us just to posture ourselves wherever we are seated. So I'm going to put you uh, put your shoulders back, your back against the back of the seat that you are in, whether that would be a chair or a pew, to know that the Lord has you firmly in his hand. And now I want us to wiggle our toes. Some of us have sandals. Some of us have shoes, closed-toed shoes. Wiggle your toes. And that's a reminder that you're on holy ground this morning that the Lord is here with us. And I want you to open up your hands, your palms up. And this is twofold. One, we have the ability to, to give, but we also have the ability to receive. So keep your, your palms up, and if you could just close your eyes with me. Lord, I pray in this moment that whatever burdens that we have brought into this space, Lord, we just give them to you. We give them to you. And Lord, by giving them to you, we are able to receive what it is that you have for us today. And so, Lord, I pray for burdens to be lifted, Lord, to encounter you this morning. And, Lord, I pray that your comfort and your peace and your joy would descend upon us. And, Lord, some of us, our, our palms, our hands are feeling just a little bit heavy, and that's the weight of your glory. It's the weight of your glory falling upon us this morning. Lord, we set aside this time and our worries and our burdens and whatever it is that we've got on our mind. We've set it aside, Lord, to encounter you this morning. It's in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus that we pray and all of God's children said, amen, amen. Well, faith is challenging, and uh, we are certainly in a season of stretching. I don't know how many of you guys grew up with Stretch Armstrong. Everybody know what I'm talking about, Stretch Armstrong? Yeah. And he would pull his arms and he would just stretch all kind of different ways. My brothers both had a, a Stretch Armstrong. And then uh, we have uh, the Incredibles movie. I don't know how many of you have seen the Incredibles movie. It's such a, a fun, cute little uh, fun little movie. And uh, we know that the mom is one of the superheroes in this. And she is Elastigirl. And again, one of the superheroes. Can I just say that all moms are superheroes? Yes, yes, amen. And so she has this superpower of elasticity and shape-shifting. And as I was thinking about this, this superpower of shape-shifting, those of us that struggle with our weight and sometimes it goes up and down, we just have a superhero, superhero power of shape-shifting, right? That sometimes uh, we, just, we just move as we need to. But she uses this power of elasticity to stretch into those tight uh, spots and those difficult situations. You see, some of us are feeling stretched. In fact, stretched out of our comfort zones, 
comfort zones, uh, going about life in ways that are foreign to us, being stretched so much that we're ready to snap, to snap and stretched so far that we've lost our patience. I don't know if anybody else, but losing our patience and we're holding on to any ounce of hope that we can, but God, but God. A.W. Tozer reminds us, while it looks like things are out of control behind the scenes, there is a God who has not surrendered his authority. Amen? Amen. First John tells us, dear children, you are from God, and the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Hope in the midst of chaos. So this morning we're going to spend some time in 2 Timothy, and I want to give you a little bit of context uh, with this particular book of the Bible. It's Paul's famous last words. And uh, this is his last letter, and he reveals his heart and his priorities uh, in these only four short chapters in this book. And this, this letter contains two main themes. One is encouragement to be faithful, and the other is difficult times. And boy, is it a letter for us today. And we know that this letter was not written to us, but it is written for us. So here are these words from 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, and I encourage you to read along. I am in the New International Version this morning. Paul says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. So I read this passage, I thought, gosh, Paul, tell us how you really feel, right? Tell us how you really feel. He says to expect terrible times. You see, life is not always sunshine and roses, and that doesn't make us pessimists, but it makes us realists. Life happens. And in the words of uh, Forrest Gump, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And we get this image from the Apostle Paul that they were in the midst of a storm. And I don't know about you, but I feel like we're in a bit of a storm these days. And uh, in, in 2020, we were quarantined and we were all, uh, you know, locked up in our houses, couldn't really go out too much. But now we're out. And uh, sometimes it's a little bit messy as we encounter each other. And there are people on all sides of the debate with whether to be vaccinated, whether to not be vaccinated, whether to wear a mask or not wear a mask, whether to travel or not travel, whether to sing or not to sing. I love this quote and I've shared it before and it's so true. We're not all in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm. We're not all in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm. You see, the enemy seeks to destroy, to cause division, doubt, fear, confusion, and loves to pit us against each other. And hear me this morning, this message is not about who is right and who is wrong. It's about respecting each other when we don't agree. I love this, this passage from 1 Corinthians. It says, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. I want to share this quote with you from Toby Mack. He says, practice the pause. When in doubt, pause. When angry, pause. When tired, pause. When stressed, pause. And when you pause, pray. 
I don't know about you, but I feel like the world is all kinds of sideways right now. Last month, we saw a terrible tragedy in uh, Haiti where they lost uh, thousands of people. And the images that we still see out of Afghanistan are absolutely gut-wrenching. And then we have this new strain of COVID that is surging all over the world. And the economy is being challenged. Uh, you probably are like me, that wherever we go out, we see signs that say, now hiring. Everyone is hiring. And then we also see signs, especially in restaurants, that say, please be patient. We're understaffed. And some businesses have to cut back their, their operating hours because they don't have enough workers. And then we see that ultimately that's probably going to catch up to us at some point with the increase of, in cost of goods and services. I want to share a, a little uh, position wanted, help wanted uh, sign that I read the other day. It says, I would like a job as a tutor, teacher, and advisor to your family. I will never take a vacation. I will never be out of humor. I don't drink or smoke. I won't borrow your clothes or raid your refrigerator. I will be up in the morning as early as anyone in the household and will stay up as late as anyone wishes. I will help solve any problems your children might have. I will give you the satisfaction of knowing that no question your children ask will go unanswered. For that matter, I will answer any of your own questions on subjects that range from how we got here to where we are headed. I will help settle bets and differences of opinion. I will give you information that will help you with your job, your family, and all sorts of other interests. In short, I will give you the knowledge that will ensure the continued success of your family. I am your Bible. Do I get the job? Do I get the job? We continue on in 2 Timothy, picking up at verse 10. He says, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. I reflect on this passage and I think, who was the role model that we looked up to when we were younger? And who do we look up to now? Paul tells us to follow the right examples. You see, our goal, our goal is in this Christian life is to become like Jesus. Not to become Jesus, but to become like Jesus. And then there are some of us in this stage of our lives that others look up to us as role models. And it's a great responsibility. Jesus tells us in John, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Greater things. You see, this is not just about information, but it's about transformation. We pick up in verse 14, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know from whom those you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training for righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
We glean knowledge from Micah, one of the Old Testament prophets, that, that tells us what does the Lord require of us. Micah says, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. The Apostle Paul says, continue in what you've learned. Don't stop learning. Don't stop learning. And he says, and, and don't become, uh, and, and become convinced of what, what you've learned, right? Hold on to what you believe, what you believe and who you've learned it from. We know that Timothy and his mother uh, both had a tremendous influence on him. And it's important that we have Christian influencers in our lives and that also we then become influencers. So what does the Bible do for us? Number one, it assures us of God's word. It makes us wise for salvation. It teaches us what is right. It shows us what's wrong. It corrects us how to be right. It instructs us how to stay right. It completes us for eternity. And it equips us for every good work. How many of you uh, have, have been in the kitchen and you're cooking a meal or maybe baking something and it doesn't turn out quite right, doesn't quite, quite taste right? Uh, many times I have baked cookies I love to bake and I have forgotten the baking soda. Anybody ever forget the baking soda or the baking powder? Oh yeah, it's like, oh, why do I have flat cookies? That would be why. Uh, ever put together maybe a swing set, a grill, or a bike and you realize when you're in the midst of it that you're missing a couple parts or pieces? So frustrating. Maybe you've bought a new house or have a new apartment and, and you don't have any furniture and it's un, unfurnished or, uh, or furnished, right? If it's empty or whether it's full, it's not complete. See, God wants complete followers, fully furnished, fully equipped, fully supplied, so that each and every one of us can live to our fullest potential. And notice what I didn't say. I didn't say perfect, not perfect. He doesn't call us to be perfect but to, to, to be our fullest potential. So what does it look like to be spiritually prepared? The Bible gives us the motivation and the power to live what we learn. This is where we go from information to transformation, the power and the motivation to live what we learn. So if you're cold, let it warm you. If you're asleep, let it wake you. If you're a backslider, let it warn you. If you're defiled, let it wash you. If you're disobedient, let it redirect you. If you are uncertain, let it witness to you. And if you are unsaved, let it win you. I want to offer each and every one of us an invitation and challenge this week. How are you growing in your walk with God? How are you growing in your walk with God? Not, not to be perfect, but 1% better. 1% better. So what does 1% better look like in your prayer life, your devotion life, your scripture reading, maybe even serving or joining a small group to be in community with others? What does 1% better look like? So this week I encourage you to take that step, 1% better in your faith walk with the Lord. I want to close my message with Psalm 19, verses 7 through 14. And as I share these words... Let you, I want you to, to, to let you hear these as the Lord speaking them to you directly this morning in this moment. So let's prepare our hearts to receive again from the Lord this morning. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple.
The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from a honeycomb. By them your servant is warmed. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive hidden faults. Keep my servant also from willful sins. May thy not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. Let us pray. Father, we come before you. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this final letter from Paul. And we're reminded that, Lord, that we face trials and troubles in this life, that it's not all sunshine and roses. And Lord, may we be reminded that though we're in different boats, we're all in this same storm and to have grace with one another. Lord, we thank you for your presence here with us. And we're reminded that through all of the chaos in our lives, that you have not surrendered your authority. And God, we thank you that you meet us at the table as we prepare our hearts. Lord, we take this moment to confess our sins to you as we, as we prepare to enter into communion with you. Lord, hear our prayers. Father, we come before you in this moment and we pray for the blood, the, the blood and the cup. Lord, that you would pour out your spirit upon these elements. Lord, that they would be for us your body and your blood. God, we thank you that no matter how often or how infrequent we come to the table, that you meet us here. God, we come seeking you this morning. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray, and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. This time I want to invite you to take your communion elements. You can go ahead and start to peel those back just so we can prepare. On the night that uh, Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread and he broke it. And he gave thanks and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat. Do this in remembrance of me. and take the bread. This is the body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat. And likewise that night he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he said, this is a sign of the new covenant. My blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins and the sins of many. Take and drink in remembrance of me. We want to go ahead and take our cup the blood of Christ shed for you.
Won't you join me in a time of prayer? Father, we come before you and we thank you for this meal. Lord, we pray that this would sustain us, Lord, and fill us. And Lord, that we would be transformed through the bread and the cup. We come before you now to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples. Won't you join me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.